Baby, I'm a brat, but a brat with a brand Where my business baddies, what's the move, what's the plan? But fuck play, I need the money in my hands I booked it busy in every city I land Brats with brands, brats with brands Brats with brands, brats with brands Brats with brands, brats with brands Hey yo, check dig, this is Brats with Brands With your host, Allie and Wednesday Ready for segments like Business Baddie, where they drop brain bombs. And you know they got those juicy judgments where they would decide if something is innocent or guilty. And reality recaps, which includes reality TV and pop culture news. Brats with brands. Okay, so um, have you heard of Project Bluebeam? No, I have not. So have you heard how like everyone's been seeing like all these UFOs? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's this theory out there that the government is working on this thing called Project Bluebeam, which, by the way, is documented like in like on the CIA website. (laughs) It's called Project Bluebeam, but they're going to simulate ufos and extraterrestrials coming into the earth space and then the government's gonna save us from them and that's why like the government has been like shooting down all these unidentified objects but there's literally no proof or video of it happening anyway so i went down a tiktok hole and uh i found out that there's like all these different theories about this conspiracy but it's kind of like you know like the 9-11 conspiracy theorists and how they think that it was like all done on purpose by our government okay so it's like that it's something to bring everyone together against something else right oh and nice so the government but why would the government want to do something nice for us because they want to save us so that we rely on them Mm, okay so they're manipulating us yeah, exactly. Like people think it's very tied to like new world order stuff, which is like, have you gone down that rabbit hole? Not in a while. So this weekend, so I'm living with my ex-boyfriend, which I feel like that's like my whole TikTok for you page is like shit like that, which is so funny. I'm like, does TikTok just like read our minds now? But yeah. Anyways, um, living with my ex-boyfriend because, you know, in this economy, and over the weekend his family was in town which it's like also my son's family so it's like whatever it's not weird but um he was like telling everyone about all this stuff and I was just like so checked out like I remember your ex was telling everybody yeah about about the UFO stuff okay and I was like I was like so checked out and I just remember there was like a silence like he like wanted people to respond to it and I just remember I just said well I give zero shits so (laughs) dude so I saw the funniest TikTok it was like it was like the boomers hearing about the UFOs and they were just like get your guns get your food like we're going to store water. We're going to start storing cash, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like generation like Zers or something. I don't even remember. And they were 
I don't even remember what they're doing. That's like how much it didn't like hit me. And then it was like millennials. They were like on a walk. They were like, oh my God, what a nice day. Do, 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 do. Like just completely like, I don't, like not even hearing it anymore. Cause we're so used to hearing crazy shit. Yeah. Well, that's what his mom was saying, which like, I don't think she's not a boomer cause she's in her forties, but no, she, she's not. a. She's more like a millennial. Yeah. But she was like, she was like, dude, like 20 years ago, like everyone would be freaking the fuck out about this and I was like I haven't even seen one thing about this like I just don't care like I literally give zero shits like that's basically what I said and she was like yeah people would be going crazy like 20 years ago like that's how you know everyone is just like so desensitized to everything now yeah she's totally not wrong and I was like joking about it with bike this morning because I was like what's hilarious is that Okay, first of all, I am a conspiracy theorist. I wouldn't put it past our government to use like holograms and whatever the fuck else technology that they're working on. Like my theory, one theory would be, also I have to tell you just real quick what kind of a conspiracy theorist I am. I'm one who never decides on anything and I can entertain any idea without ever subscribing to that idea completely. Like my mind can change at any moment that's what I was telling them too. I was like, look, like I could watch one video of someone saying that the moon landing was fake and I would be like, oh, fuck yeah. And then someone could tell me why it was real and I could be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Totally, totally. I'm pretty sure it was fake just because those motherfuckers couldn't even build a really nice car back in the day. But, yeah. But anyway, beyond that, I think... um I don't think that it's not possible that we could go to the moon. I also have theories that we don't even have a moon. We'll get into that later. (laughs) 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 But, um, but that's how much like all these different theories can make sense. And it's interesting because that's also a really good way to realize that each one of us lives in a completely different reality. Literally. Like how that's not even on your radar. It's not on your algorithms, your social media, nothing, but it's on mine. So that's the reality that I'm living in, but you're living in a completely different, like breaking up with your ex, but still living with him reality. Mm -hmm. I haven't been there in a decade. (laughs) You're lucky. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) But it's just funny. But anyway, so Project Bluebeam is, it's this like, government whatever like a project where they are going to use holograms to make us think that this is coming down but I was telling Vike earlier that I thought it was really fucking funny that as conspiracy theorists are like out here theorizing that the government's gonna do this to like bring us all together and um there's like all these different camps of conspiracy theorists like there's the religious camp that's saying that they're doing it to bring us together, to get us all into one worldwide religion, which is just fucking hilarious. In my opinion, I'm just like, have you ever read a history book ever? Like, have you ever looked at his, like history repeats itself. That's like a consistent, but like, you're never going to get everyone to agree on anything, but especially religion. Fuck off. I mean we just learned that like not to get into fucking COVID but we just learned that like with the pandemic like no exactly masks and stuff like no one's ever gonna be on the same page ever 
No, never. And I was going to say, like, you can't, you can't do it with religion. You can't do it with science. Just because it's science doesn't mean that it's a hard ass fact. You got to see like where, who's backing that science, who paid for the studies. Is it skewed? Stuff like that. Like that's religion in my opinion too. And that's why I just like, don't even watch the new, like, and then celeb like even like celebrity gossip and like just any I just think everything's fake I think politics are fake I think celeb most celebrity gossip is fake like like everything is like so staged and Mm -hmm. then the same thing like with the government just that's why I just like stay in my own reality because like I know what's real I guess and I just like I don't have the time and energy to like care about something that's probably fake Mm-hmm. I say that as I'm addicted to reality television, which is probably fake, but well, it is, but you know that it's entertainment. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I know, I know people, I have a lot of friends that are also conspiracy theorists and I, you know, I can get to the point where I can spin out. Like at one point I was really concerned with politics. I'd say like eight years ago and I had to just completely stop thinking, caring, listening, anything about it because it was like, does it, none of it matters. Like I have no control over any of it. I don't even believe that like, if you vote, it matters anymore. Literally done. My mom, like she's the type of person that like gets in like Facebook fights with people over politics (laughs) and it like will ruin her whole day. And she like out of her way to make a Twitter like just so she could like comment on shit that she didn't agree with. And I'm like, dude, if you put like that much time and energy into like something else, like maybe you could have your own business or something. (laughs) You literally could. And oh my gosh, this is going to get me on like a crazy tangent. But like I was actually just thinking about this and how I wanted to talk about what a wavelength that puts you on when that's what you're focusing on too. Like when you're focusing on like politics, which is just like a negative low vibe situation all in general. Plus it's like, it's all pretend anyway. Like these motherfuckers aren't actually doing anything. Um, But in, and I guess in my opinion, I think that people get into politics because they want to do something, but then they get in people's pockets and then they can't do anything. And it's frustrating um but that's why I think the evil ones become like our presidents (laughs) yeah well my whole thing is like if anyone wants to be the president I probably don't fucking like them anyway no matter what political party they are you just have to do a lot of shady shit to get high up and in anything I would say in Hollywood in politics Mm -hmm. like in anything but um I was gonna say but like this is why I don't listen to true crime anymore like, I don't listen to the podcast. Like, I cannot go there. It, like, lowers my whole, like, mood, vibe, everything. I would say same, a thousand percent. I was having, I was addicted to true crime there for a hot minute. Like, there was not a time that I wasn't watching a true crime YouTube video or listening to a true crime podcast. I will still watch some of the Netflix documentaries, but... I would say my overall like anxiety has definitely improved since I just like don't let that I don't I don't watch it anymore and I will scroll past that shit on TikTok so fast and 
I'm at the point also where like when my clients come in and they're just talking to me like about negative shit, like what's going on in the news and what is like the true crime and stuff. I'm like, don't bring that negative shit into my room. It makes me, (laughs) it makes me like, I'm like picking and choosing now, like who I actually want to lash now that I'm not lashing that much anymore. I'm really only taking like under 10 fills a week. And I've been like getting rid of people left and right. And that's been one of my main like signals on who I want to get rid of or not. I'm like, are you actually improving my day? Or are you always coming in here on some negative shit, complaining about your day, complaining about what's going on in the news, um, telling me about like who just got murdered in our town and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, I don't need that negative energy in my fucking right. room. Dude. And you're, you're so right. Cause like, honestly, the only thing that we can really control, and I truly believe this The only thing we can control is what's going on in our life and in our situation, in our reality. And I feel like a lot of all that stuff, like, although like having empathy for your neighbors and people in your town, like that makes sense. Like, of course you want to hear like the fucking um, earthquake in Turkey, like keeps coming up on my newsfeed right now. I'm just like, oh my, my newsfeed, my fucking Instagram and TikTok. (laughs) But like that stresses me out so hard. Like sometimes opening up social media really is like playing like emotional Russian roulette. Like it's so, you don't know what it's going to, what's going to hit you. And And I I keep trying to explain this to my ex and like, okay, so I have, have like 50 different Instagram accounts at this point, but on my like personal private Instagram that I only have like 300 followers on that, like I keep private my feed on that is just like food blogs um (laughs) like fashion bloggers comedy like stuff like that stuff that actually like makes me happy and like my actual close friends um and my ex lit all of his instagram accounts that he follows is like hood news um what are the the grizz like what are those like fucking weird like like world star world star where they have world star hip-hop where it's like it's just all like fucking crazy ass news stories like people getting murdered and people getting robbed and like videos of like people getting shot and stuff like that and I'm like the reason that you are in such a negative headspace all the time is because that's what you're scrolling through when you're on Instagram is like this these crazy ass news articles I guarantee you if I pull up like our DMs right now because he like sends me shit like and I don't even open his fucking DMs because I know that's what he's sending me he's sending me some like crazy out-of-pocket shit all the time and And I just and you can't open it because then it comes onto your algorithm Dude, and you know what I was going to say? This is a part of my like alien um, conspiracy talk is that I heard that Congress was voting to ban TikTok. Do you hear that? What? My washing machine was going crazy. I heard like a little tiny bit of it. Like, okay, for example, this is one of the things he sent me. Boy playing hide and seek found in another country six days later. Like, I don't want to know that. I genuinely don't want to know that. Yeah. My uh, my lash artist told me about a documentary on Netflix that I was really trying to avoid. It's like that little boy that was in the cupboard or something like that. The 
Oh, I don't know. I totally like it. I can't, I can't watch anything about like child abuse, like anything like that. Like I just actually have to like zone it out. I didn't watch like the Dahmer fucking thing. Like, oh, that fucked me up. That's what I'm saying. Like I used to love shows like that. I love when they're done well, but like on top of that, they're truly unethical. Like people are outraged, right? Because they did the, the, uh, Tom and Pammy. Hmm. Pammy, Tommy and Pam, um, that like show and they redid it without her consent, used her face and her name again and her story, exploited her story again without her consent. She said it felt like the sex movie was just like out again, like being re-exposed. He sent me something Omicron subvariant, possibly more likely to infect those who are vaccinated. Like, why are you? And this is from an account called Hood Ratchet TV. Why the fuck are you following that? Why are you even like consuming <laughs> like coronavirus anything content? I just anymore? can't. Like, I, I just can't. No, but like the way that people were like, this is not fair to Pam that they like used her name and her story again and just put out this whole thing. They do it with victims of serial killers all the time. Yeah. The Dahmer, the people that he killed, a lot of their family members were speaking out and they were like, the fact that my brother is being talked about and his murder is being talked about and his killer is being glorified and people feel bad for him now like you can't use victim stories like I mean obviously you can are it's super corrupt but anyway that's why I just like I can't I don't even want to talk about this anymore (laughs) I'm like all right let's get on to our juicy judgments okay hold on my pizza just got here okay also yeah I'm getting water sorry oh I was gonna tell you about how my titties came out at Home Depot oh yeah hold on let's wait until we're sitting back down All right, you got your pizza? Yes. All right, so what happened at Home Depot? Um, okay. So first of all, I haven't I haven't been wearing a bra, which like my, my boobs are like really small anyway. And like I since I lost, I finally lost like my pregnancy weight, finally, almost four years later. (laughs) And so I, the bras that I, that I have now, like are so big, they like, don't even touch my boobs. Like I'm just, I will wear them. Like if I'm dropping my son off at daycare or something, cause I don't want to feel weird, but anyways, yeah. And I'm wearing like this loose flowy crop top and the bra I was wearing at Home Depot just now was so big like the cups honestly don't even touch my chest at this point and I was carrying this huge ceiling fan box because I was returning it 
and I was like holding it you know like this and my shirt came down and like my bra came down and yeah just all these like old Hispanic dudes were staring at me and none of them offered me help which is super weird but anyway they were super distracted by your titties (laughs) (laughs) and I say my titties were out but honestly you could like my shirt came down and you could just see my whole bra Mm -hmm. that was fun that's how I started my morning oh good times yeah I thought the text I sent you was so funny I'm like like when I was reading it back like it's just what did I say my tits were just fully out at this Home Depot (laughs) (laughs) so random that was like when I fell in front of the TJ Maxx with my coffee and it was like either I that's what it reminded me of held on to my coffee and my phone yeah or my tit, my boobs, I wasn't wearing a bra and I was wearing a bodysuit, but they came out the top. I had like, I had to let go of the coffee in my phone to grab my boobs. But like, luckily there was just a bunch of old ladies around and they did offer me help because they weren't distracted by my <laughs> they were Yeah, it was like, I either drop this fan that I'm about to return and get my hundred dollars back for, or I just show everyone my bra and I'm like, okay, here's my bra. Yeah, sometimes it's just the bra. So um, I want to do our new segment that we have decided to bring into this podcast called Juicy Judgments. And what we're going to do is I'm going to give us some subjects that have been either given to us by listeners or that we've come up with. Um, And Wednesday and I are going to have like a quick little, we're going to state our case on whether this is, you know, innocent or guilty. And then at the end, we're going to decide together if these subjects are innocent or guilty or innocent until proven guilty. And we just like, can't decide. We'll see. But I'd like to come up with the judgments and lay the fucking hammer down. Yes. And I'm, so we don't talk about any of these beforehand. So I'm genuinely really excited to hear where you stand on these. (laughs) We'll see if we have the same perspective or similar should be interesting I feel like similar this is this is so funny but one of the one of the episodes I had you on on my podcast we did like lash industry hot takes yeah that's like one of my most downloaded episodes so (laughs) I feel like so people just like that like it's yeah but we're just calling it juicy judgments because I wanted for some reason, I'm like really excited about ruling something innocent or guilty. <clears throat> All right. Subject number one, fiber twi- uh, fiber tip tweezers. Go. Um, I really haven't used them that much, but I don't understand the purpose of them. Like, I feel like non-fiber tip tweezers are just fine so I guess I'm curious to hear your perspective since you actually make lash products because I test tweezers for like half my job um I I mean you go for it I want to hear what you have to say first so I ordered a bunch of fiber tip tweezers because I I saw a bunch of companies coming out with them my manufacturers like do you want to try this and I was like sure send them to me And I use them. And while I think that they're probably fine, I just, 
I had a hard time with my 0.03s. I'm really particular with my mega volume tweezers. I want them to be able to pick up the tiniest lashes. And with the fiber tip, it made them not connect super like streamline at the, like along, you know, where everything connects on the, the foot of the tweezer. And so I would get more like slide through and it irritated the fuck out of me. Some of them did work. Some of them didn't. I would say that to me, I think it's just a fucking gimmick because there's always some sort of gimmick where people are going to say that it's better, where it's not better. I could see how it would work better for maybe larger diameters, but I'm going to say for mega volume and small diameters, I'm going to be ruling fiber tip tweezers guilty as fuck. I'm going to be rolling them guilty too. Cause I'm like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. What's wrong with normal ass tweezers? Like, I don't understand. I just think it's gimmicky. And I'm like, anything that's gimmicky. And people are charging more for them. Are you serious? Which is insane because they don't actually charge or they don't cost more to make. Oh, um, that's tea. <laughs> yeah. Where at least my uh, manufacturer wasn't going to charge me more for them. They probably knew that they were just bullshit anyway. They were like, oh, we're just doing this now. Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of like a nail file or nail file. I don't really get it, I guess. It's literally that. That's also with like the diamond tip tweezers. They're like, oh, diamond. There's no fucking diamonds. No, it's just gritty. Like, I don't know. I'm not into it. I don't want a gritty ass tweezer. Like I get pissed off when there's like a little bit of glue on my tweezer. Exactly. Like I want absolutely nothing on my tweezer. I want to sharpen my tweezers in between sets. Like I just, I think especially in the lash world where there's not a lot of unique products, everyone's just looking for the next thing that will sell. And it's like, if you, you're, you're fucked if you do fucked if you don't, like if you come up with something innovative and new, it it will eventually just spread throughout the whole industry, like wildfire, which technically that's what you want it to do right why else would you come up with something great if you didn't want to change the whole industry it's like when they put loose lashes on a strip one person had that idea one company had that idea I don't even know who it was but they put it on a strip it was so great that everyone started putting it on a strip person number one gets zero credit you know, and then, but they change the industry. So it's always like this duality. It's like, nothing's really black and white, but thank you for fixing the industry. I don't know. So I think everyone's kind of looking for that next thing that they can change and like make the industry better, or they can get the credit because they created this great thing. Well, I just always think about in and out in and out Burger has... <laughs> they've had the same basic ass menu since they first opened mm-hmm. and it's like they're not trying they're not trying to like innovate something they're not trying to like find the next best thing like you get what you get when you go there they're trustworthy you know what you're gonna get they're not always changing shit they're not always trying to throw new shit into your face I don't know if it's not broke don't fix it Honestly, Wednesday, I miss in and out so fucking much. There is not an in and out anywhere near me. And I, I me love either. There's none in Houston. <clears throat> so annoying. It's very West coast. Um, and like, but even with that, this is, this is how much nobody could convince me that all of us 
under one world order, like fucking conspiracies that any of us are all going to get on the same page. Not people can't even agree that in and out is good. Okay. (laughs) And it is okay. So next up is get ready with me lives and reels. How, uh, plead your argument. (laughs) State your case. Okay. I love them because I feel like it's kind of just like you're on FaceTime with someone. We're in the world, like this era that we're in right now is like people are buying from people and people are going to buy from you more. I don't know how to word this. Like people are more likely to buy from you if they feel like they actually know you and they vibe with you and they share the same values as you and they feel like they know you like the more you show your face, the more people are going to be willing to give you their money. And this is something I've been preaching, like ever since I started teaching lash extensions as well. And like teaching, teaching social media, like the more you show your, your face and your space and your personality, that's, what's going to make you stand out in a quote unquote saturated industry. So I think what what's the opposite of guilty not guilty innocent (laughs) innocent I think get ready with me's are innocent and I love them and I'm here for them okay well I'm gonna have to agree with you mostly I do find it annoying that I started doing get ready's with me because I saw that they're really killing it on tiktok and then I started doing it on instagram and it was killing it but now I see everyone's doing it And now, and anytime there's a trend, I have this like inability to do what others are doing. It really just irks me. It's like when I fucking posted on my Instagram stories the other day, if I should change my hair from yellow to teal and then everyone voted, well, more people voted that I should change my hair to teal or a different color than keep it yellow. And it made me so mad that I have chosen to keep my hair yellow for at least another like six months because, but I'm also at the same time, I'm like, why did I even ask? I knew that it would piss me off if people voted teal. I don't know what my problem is. I almost voted teal too. So now I'm glad I did it. No, I'm glad that you didn't. I would have been mad, but you know, what's (laughs) funny is that most of my best friends that are not in the lash industry, well, I should say not in the lash industry, all of my best friends voted keep your hair yellow <laughs> probably because they fucking know me <laughs> yeah and they're like um, Allie wouldn't be comfortable with some teal ass hair because that's like a common color that like colorful hair people have didn't you have teal hair when you came to the Houston lash bash or no yeah I had like really yeah I had like baby blue hair okay yeah that's what I was thinking of and that's why I almost voted teal because that's how your hair was when I first met you yeah it was cute and like I think I would go more teal this time but I remember my sweat was blue because it was so humid and I wasn't used to it (laughs) I was sweating blue No. So, um, although I am annoyed that it's such a trend right now, I'm still going to rule, get ready with me lives, um, and reels innocent. I also think that it's really helpful to be doing something when you're talking about something because our spans are so short that it's, it's easier to pay attention to somebody if you're also watching them do something. Literally. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Cause I even noticed, um, I was watching 
Tress from Lashbox LA. She was talking about something, but she was just walking around her house talking about it. And I was able to focus on what she was saying because I was looking at her house behind her and I was like, damn, that's a really fucking nice big house. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll like, do that whenever I move into my new house in a couple of days. That's actually a really great idea because you're going to have all these cute, like girly furnishings and people are going to be so excited to see your space. So you could just like talk and walk and like have all of your cute shit in the background and people will actually stay to look, but they'll hear your message. So that's why I think it's so smart. But also I'm, I don't like going on a live. I think a lot of people... I'm getting really off on this subject, but I think a lot of people are nervous to do lives. They'll be like, oh, I'm so nervous right now. Like, I don't want to do live. A lot of my beauty educator blueprint students will tell me like, I know I should do lives, but I'm scared. I'm nervous. But it's different if you're just sitting there with a phone right in front of you and you're just staring at yourself. That can be so distracting, I think. And then it's hard to talk about you know, talk naturally or tell a story just from memory rather than when it's off to the side and you're doing your makeup. Like when I'm doing my makeup and I'm telling a story, it's almost like I'm just talking to myself about something. And it's so much easier to tell the story because I'm also concentrating on something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I'm doing my makeup, I feel like a million thoughts are running through my head Mm -hmm. and I can, and I remember stuff easier. Yeah. And it's probably because your mind is kind of quiet for a sec because you, it's focusing on something that you're used to doing. It's not like it's super hard, but I do the same thing when I'm drawing actually, or like, um, doing shit on procreate. Like I can really just like zone out on creating like a little cartoon or something. And, I can just like tell a story and I just, my mind just wanders and I can talk and talk. Mm -hmm. Whereas like when you're supposed to tell a story and you're like, even just kind of how we are right now, like it's a little bit harder when you're put under pressure and you feel like a light on you and a camera on you. And I know it's really bad to use your phone while driving, but I'm really good at talking on my stories when I'm driving too. Like I would much rather do that than like, set up my tripod in my studio and like just staring at my phone while I'm sitting there like trying to tell a story or like be on a live or something like it I I used to have like a little stand like a little tripod on my dashboard because it was so much easier for me to like talk on my stories when I was driving which I don't condone that I'm just saying it works for me. <laughs> The other day I started a live while I was picking up my son and then I had to like finish it as I had picked him up and I was driving away, but I just had it on my lap. It was just looking up at my double chin and my nose. Uh-huh, no, like, well, I gotta go now. <laughs> like driving. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but I think that, or even like I've seen on a lot of like TikTok lives, people are doing other things. Like they're, cre- they're doing a craft. They're bedazzling a fucking like uh, Starbucks cup tumbler, or they're fulfilling orders and they're yeah. just like, talking, but like that makes it a little bit more interesting for the viewer, but it also puts you into a better speaking vibe, I think. Yes. And go, uh, people that go live when they're doing lashes, like, I think I really want to try that with like a client that I'm comfortable with. For sure. 
Yeah, you'd have to, I feel like you'd have to have somebody, well, no, I was going to say you'd have to have somebody else checking the comments, but I feel like I could hop back and forth. Or even just like, I've seen people sit there and make fans. Ooh, and like, that's a good one. Doing demos. Like, yeah, when I did that, like wet lash look, like mini training, oh, that was yeah. actually really fun and really easy. I could check comments and I just kept talking about what I was doing and telling stories and it went well. Okay. It's innocent. Even though everyone's doing it and it's such a trend right now, but it's a trend for a reason. So I'd say bonus points if you can find other things to do besides get ready with me. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's a good verdict. Okay. Okay. So this one's going to be controversial. Um, posting your Shopify sales as a sales tactic. Um, I, I personally don't like it. It makes me feel, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier, like what you see on your feet, like get bringing negative energy into your life. And I understand like people are doing that because they're trying to like sell their courses and sell their trainings or whatever, sell their coaching, like totally get it where I'm at in my life. I'm kind of in my flop era right now <laughs> and um, seeing that shit makes me feel really bad about myself um, and also like I feel like most of the time they're not telling the whole story like yes that may be like how much is getting deposited into your account but the amount of fucking overhead that most of us have in our businesses like Sometimes people are maybe just breaking even. Um, also, do you want people to rob you? Like where I'm from, you don't <laughs> be posting how fucking much you are making. I remember back in like my community college days when me and like, or I know like low, lower income families and stuff, like we would get like financial aid for college and stuff. And it's like, you can't fucking tell people that like you have all that ex extra money. Like you will get robbed. Like do not do that. Are people like, <laughs> like where are y'all growing up? You can't talk about that stuff where I live. Where are y'all growing up? <laughs> you are going to get robbed. I am not telling anyone that kind of shit. I am not posting <laughs> that kind of shit. If anyone local, no, I'm going to get robbed. That's not happening. Um, I apologize in advance if you are somebody that's posted your Shopify sales, but I think it's a slimy sales tactic because it's very much telling, like you said, one piece of the whole puzzle. And I think it's really interesting that the people that put it out there are probably not even close to the highest profiting companies in our industry. And really it just feels like, you know, when they say like this, you know, running a business is a marathon, it's not a sprint. It feels like a sprinting tactic, meaning like they want to get rich quick. So they're trying to sell a get rich quick scheme. And I feel like it's very much like a coaching thing or like a come to my like uh my business coaching or my lash class because I'm gonna teach you how to make this but they're not 
letting you know that in their their Shopify sales report, they are bringing an income from their product line, probably from all of their classes, their coaching, possibly even from uh, appointments that they're taking if they own a salon. And then they're not talking about the overhead. You're right. And that's what kills me because I still have I still have people in my life that think that I am just like balling. They see like that I have a warehouse. They're like, holy shit, she must be rich. Like that is how I, I kind of take it. This is funny. I was actually talking to another product line owner the other day. And she was like, do you feel like when you get to a certain level um, that you have to be more careful with people because they just want to kind of like take advantage of you and you don't know if they really want to be friends with you or if they just want like to be I don't know, to kind of like ride your coattails a little bit. And I was like, yeah, like it's a really shitty thing to experience, but it is something that happens. So people think that you must be doing something right, making this money because you have this level of success. But like, I'm here to tell you that, yeah, um, I'll, I'll say this in 2020, we'll just talk about our sales that year. I thought I was going to have like a crazy low, terrible year, but I actually like hit a sales goal and we sold over $500,000 that year. And that was insane. I was like, we did a half million, but guess what? I made the same amount of money. My overhead was more. Um, I actually bonused out probably way more than I ever should have, but I bonused out more money than I took in. So I made that year the same amount of money that I made as a lash artist, which is a good living. Like I make between like eight and 10 grand a month. Like that's my living. And I feel like that's pretty common for like a lash artist that does trainings every mm -hmm. so often. And, um, I'm not knocking that amount at all. I'm very happy, very comfortable. But the thing is, is like, okay, yeah. But when I was a lash artist, my sales were more like 200,000. And then this year I break a half million, but my income is the fucking same. So when you post your sales, like, bitch, I don't give a fuck about your sales. Show me your profits. So like, we were just saying that we have some friends that have posted their sales, like Carol, let's just call her out. She posts her sales on her online courses and what she's bringing in. But what, where I think that it's okay that she does that is because she's constantly telling the whole story. Like she talks yeah. about her overhead, her coaching. She talks about her struggle. She yeah. She shared, she's definitely shared like how much she spent on like coaching and shit like that. It's as much as most people spend on college. Yeah. You know, and that was another thing in that year that I had my big old year. I mean, I spent 30 grand on coaching that year. Mm -hmm. And okay, here's another thing is when did we decide that six figures is what makes you successful? Like, you, if you are just like a single person, like no kids, whatever you making like 50 grand a year as a fucking lash art, doing something that's like creative every day, making 50, that's fucking amazing. Like Wait, you should feel proud of yourself. Let's just say this though, 50 grand 
profit yes profit is so much different and that's another thing that's actually another like subject we have on our juicy judgments is coaches and the hundred thousand dollar a year six-figure sales pitch it's like yeah I can help you hit six figures too but if that's not profit then you can go fuck yourself like and Kind of like you were talking about, like the get rich quick scheme, blah blah blah. Hold on, I have to burp. What does that dollar amount mean if you're doing something that you're not passionate about? That I'm sure there are people. I'm sure there are like CEOs, like for like corporate companies that are making like five hundred thousand dollars a year, and they fucking hate their lives. Like mm-hmm. I really don't. And that's kind of why I keep joking, like I'm in my flop era, but the truth is, is I'm not making as much money anymore is because I'm not forcing myself to do things that I don't give a fuck about. So I'm, yeah, (laughs) so I like 2022, like I just did all my profits and shit. Like I, I took home almost as much like in 2022 that like I probably took home my first year lashing because I was just like I I'm not like wasting my time on stuff that doesn't serve me I'm not slaving over clients six days a week anymore sitting in a goddamn chair for 10 hours a day working on clients with like shitty energy like I'm not not doing that anymore I'm not spending my time sitting in a chair all day I mean, I will, if I'm on the computer, that sounds way better than slaving over clients, but because it's what you want to do. Exactly. Like I'm just, yeah, I don't, that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm not, I'm not wasting my energy on stuff that doesn't make me happy. And it sounds kind of lame, but yeah, I did not, I did not profit six figures last year and I really don't give a fuck. I couldn't be happier. So that's all that well, matters. I was going to say, like, did you make a bad living? Did you make as much oh. more than a nurse? Like, no, I mean, I, I made more than a teacher. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I also think that one person's hundred thousand dollars a year compared to somebody else's is much different. If I was making at 24, what I'm making now, holy shit, I would have been so rich. By the way, my rent rent was $550 a month when I was 24. I made $500 a week and I was happy as a fucking clam. I couldn't buy like dinner. Sometimes I'd pick up a shift literally so I could go to the restaurant and eat dinner that night like literally not even to make money just to get the free meal with my shift. But like, I was happy and I was fine. If I had a hundred thousand dollars a year at that time, I would have just, I would have had a Mercedes. I would have had a nice apartment, all these dumb, like things that I, whatever, I'm not even going to get off on that. But I'm just saying I wasn't willing at that time to do what it took to make that amount of money because I was just enjoying my life and I wouldn't change that for the world. But I will say really quick here, because I do think there's a caveat when you are working towards something, I think you do have to grind and you do have to sit there and take clients six days a week 
I'm sorry. I don't think there's any way to build something without working fucking hard. People are always like, work smarter, not harder. You should always love what you do. And I do believe that, but I do believe you have to put in years of hard work. I've never seen anybody successful not put in years of hard work. Oh, for sure. It's like the people that are complaining. Sorry, like I'm just, this is going to be a really fucking hot take, but the people that are complaining about not having any clients, like that's that's literally your fault. Everyone and their mom and their grandma want slash extensions right now. Like if your books aren't full, it is literally your own fault. It's not the recession. It's not your prices. It's your own fault. You're not working hard enough. I worked my ass off for years and I decided that I need a fucking break. 2021 was my most profitable year and I was fucking miserable and severely depressed, but I had worked... I had worked very hard for years before that. So I am at a point right now where I'm I'm taking time off. I'm taking a step back and I don't care and it's fine. But I definitely did work my ass off for years to be able to do something like that. I feel like the year that you're going through is what I did last year. Like I was so burnt out. I needed a change. I, I, I personally have tons of energy. I feel like working all the time. And that's how I knew that I was doing something wrong because I didn't feel like working. Like I seriously, I considered selling Lash Anarchist last year. I was like going to pitch it to a larger company. I don't know if I told you about that. You did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I was like, hopefully they want to like buy me out. Like I was just so sick of owning Lash Anarchist and having a product line, like product is a whole new beast. Like, yeah, you could be great at lashes and teaching. That doesn't mean you're great at retail. I'm sorry. It's a whole new ball game. And it is a lot of work for about the same amount of money. People think they're going to start their product line and make money right away. And it's going to be this great side income. And it's like, yeah, but it's a whole new business. It's the same with teaching or teaching online. Like it's a whole new business. And there's so much overhead with retail. And that's the part that people don't realize. Not only is it the storage, you also have the insurance, not only on the product, but now you have um, workman's comp insurance. You have um, unemployment insurance because you got to have employees. Like you can't do it all. I'm sorry. It's not possible. It's the same thing with a salon. Like there's so much fucking overhead. It makes me sick. Yeah. And that's why with the salon, like I stepped back and I left that too. Like I I told you the other day, I sold my salon for four grand and I was happy as fuck. Like I wanted to sell it for like 10 or 12 because of just, that's what all the shit inside was worth. I didn't care about the clients, anything, but when she was like, I'll give you four. I was like, fuck yeah. Because I was about (laughs) to just give it away anyway, because it was just too much hassle. I had moved on, you know? And remember, I almost bought a lash brand last year. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think that that would have been a bad decision for you, I don't, like, I truly don't think that buying a lash brand is a bad decision, especially if they've set everything up properly and that lash brand was set up properly. Yes, and especially because I was thinking, I'm like, I already have a salon and employees, like, this will get like my costs down for that and blah, blah, blah. But 
It would have been a huge commitment. Yeah. And it's like, if you, you, it's kind of like you said, like you have to have employees. Not only that is you have to have a good support system. And I did not have that in my life at the time. It was very chaotic and I would have been dealing with a lot of it by myself. And so it just wasn't the best move for me at the time. And yeah, that would have been a roughie for you, honestly, like, yeah. It is something that you have to work at every single day. And like, sometimes I just don't want to work at that every single day. (laughs) I want to work at podcasting and coaching. Like that's the shit that lights me up. Not coaching necessarily. I hate coaching because I hate sports, but I like mentoring people. I like doing my classes. I like promoting those. And I really love podcasting. So I'm like really glad that we're finally doing this. Yes. And I really love websites and making graphics and helping people with their brand image. And I really, I think I want to help. I think I, I don't fucking have time for this right now, but I want to free <laughs> up some time in my life. And like, I would love to be a social media manager. Like I would totally fucking do that. I like being behind the scenes is what I've realized. So sometimes, and sometimes you have to try things just to see if you like them or not. Like I thought I wanted to be a salon owner my whole life. And if I didn't try it, that would still be like something in the back of my head. So I'm glad I tried it, but it's definitely not what I'm passionate about. And again, I wouldn't have realized that I, how much I love web design and graphic design and social media had I not started my own lash business. Yeah. And I think that that's like something to always remember is because we're saying that we're both like in our flop era right now, because we're really like, you're in transition. I'm downsizing, but it's not, it's not that we're in our flop. Well, we're in our flop era. It's a part of our story. And it's not like it's a bad thing. I just think that like anytime you're along your journey, it's like you have to go through these things to realize where you want to go next. And I also think that it's totally okay if you, I'll never forget this actually. I'm going to just tell the little story, but I saw this chick ask Gary V a question one time at like a, thing that he was at. He was in a crowd and this chick was like, Hey, I have been slaying at real estate. I've been in it for three years and I fucking killed it. My first year, I killed it harder my second year. And then my third year, I'm like, I'm going over and beyond like even my mentor's sales. And everyone's like, you need to be a broker and start your own thing and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I just don't even like real estate anymore. Like, I don't even want to do this. And he was like, can we just normalize people changing their fucking minds and trying something and being good at it and then trying something else? He was like, there's no reason why you have to stay in the same thing just because you're good at it. Like, why would you do that to yourself if it doesn't bring you happiness? And this is why I love Gary Vee all the time or so much because he says all the time, like what you were saying earlier, it doesn't matter if you're making you know, $500,000 a year, if you're doing something you hate doing every day, like this is your life. As far as any of us really know, it might be our only life. And even if we have multiple lives afterwards, you're not going to remember, you're going to feel like you're <laughs> your only life. So you might as well like spend it doing the things that you love. And it's, he was, he always gives this example. Like if you love friends, 
and you can make a podcast where you talk about every friend's episode with your pal and you make 40 grand a year compared to making $300,000 a year being a CEO of some shitty company that you hate, why wouldn't you go for the podcast life? And I'm like, that's so fucking true. Like, and that reminds me of the stupid Shopify sales too. Remember we saw some Shopify sales and we were just like, uh, and then I was like, but think of all the things that this person does. I would never want that life. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, I don't care what my Shopify sales look like. I also have a good perspective because I know what my mom's Shopify sales look like. And they were like 10 to 12 times the sales of that one that I saw. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of just over like chasing like the quote unquote six figure dream is like, I know I can have a comfortable living profiting fucking 70 grand and I'll be fine. And if I make more than that, like that's amazing. Yeah. But I'm like all about my happiness right now. And that's well, and I was going to say earlier than I got off track, a hundred grand means different things for different people. So for you, that would be like a crazy good living, maybe because of where you live in fucking Houston. (laughs) Whereas like, if we told any of our like, like OC California bitches, a hundred grand, they'd be like, I can't fucking survive off of that. Like, oh, I know my sister owns a house in LA. So (laughs) like, you're crazy. Like I have a girlfriend who, um, she married a New York boy. Well, he's a Jersey boy and they actually just moved back to Jersey, but he works in Manhattan. And I know that he makes around like $350,000 a year and his family acts like it's peanuts. They're just like, (laughs) bro, when are you going to start pulling some more money? And like, for us, we're like, damn, they're rich. Like, that's crazy. I also heard this thing. I've heard this a few times, actually. I need to look up the stats for sure. But um, that your happiness levels really do rise with an increase of um, income all the way up to about $365,000 a year. And then it levels off. Your happiness doesn't go up past that. So like if somebody makes $350,000 a year, they're going to be on the same level of happiness as somebody who makes $8 million a year. Okay. Well, that's good to know. (laughs) That's like where happiness peaks. So that's always been my goal. I'm like, I just want to make $350,000 a year. And that's kind of my goal. Okay. Well, that's going to be my new goal too. So yeah, I used to have that million dollar a year goal. I actually literally have it written down on a paper somewhere. I have all these goals from when I started uh, my last training journey, which is funny. Do you know what a million dollars a year would get me in the fucking middle of nowhere, Texas? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, that's (laughs) $86,000 a month. Yeah, you'd be baller as fuck. Dude, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even live here anymore. But the thing is, is it wouldn't even register. Yeah. You wouldn't. That's the other thing is this is why people that win the lottery usually end up bankrupt again years later is because you're so used to, you have this mindset and you're so used to living a certain lifestyle. They blow it all. And then they think it's going to last forever. Right. But then it 
doesn't. It's like, if you don't invest it, like I remember this one guy won the lottery when I lived in Idaho, (laughs) so random, but it was my friend's boss and he owned a gold's gym and he was like a trainer there. And he won the lottery and he was like the smartest lottery winner of all time. He went into hiding for about a week and everyone was like, what the fuck? Where did this guy go? And I think his family members or something were like, he'll be back soon. Like that's literally it. He left and he got with financial planners. They invested everything. He bought a super nice motorcycle. And then he came back. He was like, I won the lottery. I won like $8 million dollars. It's all gone though. And all I have is this motorcycle, (laughs) but everything was invested and he's just been living off of that investment for the rest of his life. And he just went back to training, but like that takes some self-restraint, dude. I mean, well, it's like me not winning the lottery, but like, I'm about to sell my house and like, I'm going to have a nice chunk of change set aside but I'm gonna pay off my car and I'm gonna put the rest like in a savings account that grows like in case I do want to buy another house or like need to make a huge business investment or something yeah yeah I mean coming from somebody who sold a house and got a big old chunk of money to another it goes really fast don't fuck around I'm like, I'm getting my surgery and I feel so guilty about it because it's like 13 grand. I thought it was 12, but it's more like 13. But like, I'm paying in cash. I'm just going to get it over with. But even like, that's just like a big old chunk. And like, we put, we got a new backyard at our new house. Like we put money into buying this new house. Like it just goes really quickly. I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, no one tells you that when you're an adult, like expect to spend at least a hundred dollars every time you leave the house. And I'm like, that's so true. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. I can't even imagine like telling you before, before I moved to Arizona. So before I was 28 years old, I never spent a hundred dollars on anything that would be so fucking expensive to me. And now I'm like, if I make it out of Target in under $100, I'm like, that didn't even happen. Exactly. It's like, well, if I fill up my car, that's like $50 right there. Dude, okay. So this is like a whole other topic. But like, I was just telling Bike today that there's so much that in my new life here in Florida that I have forgotten about in Arizona, but like in Arizona, especially where I lived in Scottsdale, it was so common. Everybody and their dog had like, um, like designer bags and cars. Like everybody had a nice car, like a Mercedes, a BMW. It wasn't even like, it was not abnormal to see like super, super nice cars, but like even teenagers were driving like a Mercedes. Right. So I had a Mercedes and I loved it. It was my dream car. And I was like, I have my dream car, blah, blah, blah. And then I started dreaming about moving to Florida. And I was like, you know, trying to come up with the money for it. I was like, where can we save money? And bike was like, we don't even drive your car very often. And my work was literally like a five minute drive away. And he was like, I could just take you to work. Like it's, we could get rid of your car. And I was like, well, how much is the car? Like, I literally didn't even know how much my car costs per month, 
but he was like it with insurance it's like six seven hundred dollars a month and I was like (gasps) (laughs) that would have been expensive rent for me back in the day I was like sell it and we sold it and we got back a bunch like I don't want to say like a bunch of money but a chunk of change like I think we got like eight grand cash back like on top of what we owed And we just saved that and used it for the down payment on this house. But I still haven't gotten a car because it's like, I have a bike. Like, I don't, I don't need a car. It's like, we get so wrapped up in this, like, I have to have this thing because I see everyone having it. And I feel like it's the same with like salons and product lines. That could be like a whole episode. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I don't want to get off on this tangent, but I am right now just because I'm caffeinated. I know. But like, we think we want a salon. We think we want a fucking product line because we see it happening. We see it and we're like, that's success. That's what I thought with my Mercedes. Once I had it, I was like, this isn't nearly as fucking cool as I thought it would be. Like my Mercedes was so like bottom of the line. It was cute and new, but it didn't have any bells or whistles. So I was like, okay, I've had it. Like, get rid of it. I'd rather live by the beach. Like that's way more important to me than having this car. This is going to be controversial. And I know you don't agree with me on this because we already (laughs) talked about it, but that's how I felt when I bought a house. Like I was like, oh my God, when I finally just buy a house, like I will have made it. Like I will have been so happy. I will not have to worry about anything else. Like I will own a house. Like Cause I've been saving up for a down payment for like fucking five years. I'm like, like, I don't have to like keep growing the savings account anymore. Like I will finally just own a house and I can do whatever I want to it. And let me tell you the past two years since I've owned this house have been the most stressful time of my life for other reasons too. But Mom, you're living with your ex first. I know, (laughs) but it's just like, there is I miss rent and I am about to start renting again I already have my rent house but you can just fucking pick up and leave like if you don't like it like okay my lease is up I can move like it's not like that with a house like I've been fixing everything up for weeks I have to fucking sell it and like that's gonna take forever and like there's literally always something wrong with it like there's never not a time where I am like at fucking Home Depot or Lowe's and have to get something for my house like it is constant and it's not for me and I know like other people maybe I will own a house one day but I also saw a TikTok that's like there's never like a it was like an older lady and she was like my best advice for like anyone in their 20s or 30s like watching this right now is there's never like you're never just like okay I made it like I'm happy like you're always going to have another goal and there's going to always be like other problems that arise so like just be happy with what you have basically no I was gonna say owning a home is so situational the reason why I have found it's good to own a home because in my life in my situation where I have a very stable family environment like it's me and Vike and my son you know and our first house we made money on it and it helped us move to Arizona and then we rented for a long time because it was cheaper to rent 
But then when it wasn't cheaper to rent anymore, that's when we bought and we bought in the beginning of 2020, our mortgage was under two grand, which was less than it would cost to rent anything. And so that was the position we were in and it made sense to buy. And then we made money off of that because like all the home prices just shot the fuck up over COVID and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so for me, it worked, but this is actually something that Gary Vee talks about all the time too. He's like, if you weren't so focused on buying a fucking house or putting money into a house or down for a house, maybe you could invest your money and you'd have your cash freed up to invest in your friend's startup business or just to live your life a little bit more comfortably. And so while I have found that it's good for me, I totally understand, especially in your circumstance, why it's not like, it's mm-hmm. not a cool thing. If I was owning a home uh, before being with Vike, I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to take care of a house. I It's hard. It's not for everyone. I feel like it is, it is like a team effort. Honestly, I don't, I don't know if I'd go into it unless I was buying like a condo. Yeah, I could see myself. That's why I'm saying like whatever I make from my house, like I'm literally just going to pay off existing debt and then put the rest away because I can't, I could see myself like buying a townhome or something. Like I would totally do something like that. Yeah. Like, well, Wednesday, this is my first home. This is my first standalone home. Oh, we only bought townhomes before. Okay. Yeah. Then I definitely, I would love to maybe buy a townhome. And that's another thing is like, when you have a kid, you have to think about like school districts and shit. And that's why people are like, Oh, why aren't like, you're selling your house. Like, why aren't you just going to go buy another house? And like my son, the way it lines up is like, I need to figure like my son starts kindergarten next August. Like I need to figure out like what school district I want to be in and shit like that. So like you said, everything's like circumstantial. It really is. Like if I was young, I'd probably buy a condo like downtown in a city somewhere. And I'd buy like the tiniest little thing. But like now, fuck no. Like we bought this house because it's on the island side of all the bridges and I can walk to the beach. Does it cost me double what my last house cost? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I don't have a car. Like there's trade-offs. I am going to get my fucking golf cart though, because that is like, that's my next big purchase that I'm working towards. I need like 10, thousand dollars I think for the golf cart that I want but I want to get like a super cute like white one and I either want to deck it out with like pink LEDs and like glitter yes big tires or yeah I would do that and then I want to change the upholstery to like a pink floral upholstery or like a black and white like checkered upholstery like something stupid that would be so cute. I want a golf cart. Yeah, I want like a crazy souped up golf cart that everyone sees me coming like a mile away. That's my next goal. Okay, how to edit this out, but how do we wrap this up? <laughs> I gotta <laughs> get back cut to it this. off. Let's huh? just oh, like so we don't have to do anything. We can just cut it off, but I'm always so bad at like ending podcasts. I am too, but I don't think it matters. You know what I've noticed with SUP is they'll be like, 
all right guys well our tickets are blah blah yeah let's just be like um like what do you have coming up that you need to sell well after april because this is going to go out april 20th okay so i'm going to tell people to join my fucking layer slayers okay you go first okay all right, guys. Well, this has been fun. If you want to hang out with me more, check out my Layer Slayer workshops. They're coming up. I'm going to, I have dates everywhere in all these different cities. Um, head to lashanarchist.com. It's right there on the front page. You can see where all my dates are and I'd love to see you there. Yes. And one of her dates is going to be in Houston in August. It's going to be right after my seminar that I'm putting on. Hopefully it's the first of many. It is called the Wicked Business Experience going to be about all things running a beauty business. So you can hang out with both of us in August in Houston. That's going to be so fucking fun. Yes. I'm so excited. All right, guys. Love you. See you next time. See ya. Well, that concludes this episode of Brats with Brands with your host, Allie and Wednesday. Make sure you follow on TikTok and on Instagram at Brats with Brands. Also, check out the website at bratswithbrands.com. Brats with Brands. Brats with Brands. Brats with Brands.